The world wasn't even supposed to know about it, but he created the microprocessor for a client. Then he went on to create the touchscreen for Apple, but they weren't interested. Where does the original thought or idea come from? Hey, it's Arrow on Future Home with Federico Fagine. Congratulations on this book, Silicon, because this is one of those books that really serves as a tool for speaking into the hearts of creators tomorrow. This is such a great journey that you put us on inside these pages. Thank you. I appreciate What was it like for you to put this book together? Because, I mean, there's a lot of real hardcore history in here, especially when you start going through the creation of yourself. Well, yeah, <laughs> it took my entire life. <laughs> the, the, you know, the book, in fact, uh, is really uh, a testimony to my journey that hopefully is the journey that we are all called to make uh, toward, their, toward our spiritual nature, you know, and through the, you know, through various paths, different for different people, but all arriving at the same place, which is that we're not machines. We are really spiritual beings and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, our, our ability to join the mental, the spiritual, the emotional, and the, and the action center, um, uh, you know, head, heart, and belly, so, so to speak, is fundamental is the way, the way that we harmonize all of our dimensions into, into a being that can have compassion and empathy for other people, uh, that can, uh, uh, can understand the nature of reality intellectually as well as creatively, and also, and also um, have the capacity to act with courage, with, with determination, and, and also going against sometimes uh, uh, directions that are wrong uh, because we feel it in our heart that they are wrong, not because we want to have it different, but because the ethics that is in our heart will tell us those are destructive directions. So that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way that you lay out the book in the way that you go hardcore into the diagrams of the compressor, how it was the micro compressor and how it was, you know, evolved into everything. Was it, was it a language that you heard in your heart? How did you bring it all together in the way that it became a working factor out here in this part of the world? Well, the, the, you know, the microprocessor is nothing more than a central processing unit of a computer. So the the actual the actual idea that one day we will be able to put that all electronics, which require at least one thousand logic gates, so a certain amount of complexity and also a certain amount of speed, that that one day would be possible. Uh, it. You know, but to, in order to do that, it took a new technology, some a new ways to make integrated circuits, you know, transistors and integrated circuits using silicon, which is the title of the book, is the, the element that has those semiconductive properties that allow to make switches that are so fast and so small that you can put many of them into a little tiny piece of silicon. So, so that technology was my first job uh, here in the States at Fairchild Semiconductor. And then, uh, and, and with that technology, then it was, uh, you know, it became possible to do it in 1970, 1971, uh, which is the time in which I did it. 
Otherwise, it would it would still be done, perhaps three or four years later, by somebody else with a you know with a less powerful technology. But you know, in this game, being first is very important because you you set the tone and you show the world how it can be done, and that's exactly what I did with the uh, microprocessor, the four thousand and four of Intel, uh, and also believing that that was a new way that people could use to make intelligent objects uh, in systems. And, uh, uh, and it was that belief also that allowed me to push my management to, uh, to put that device into, into the world for everybody's use when originally it was intended just for one customer. It was a custom project for a Japanese uh, manufacturer of uh, calculators. See, and th- th- this takes me all the way back to to what you put inside the book. So many want to live their lives backwards, but yet in, in the way that you just shared that with me, you've always been in forward motion, haven't you? Always looking toward tomorrow. Yes, I have. I, I must say that I have uh, naturally, I also, I, I, I always gravitated toward what's next. Never happy about what was past <laughs> so that's why you know by after after working in uh, 10 years into the uh, industry the microprocessor industry uh, in fact uh, starting my own company called Zilog that developed uh, the best uh, 8 bit microprocessor in the market and is still unsurpassed the Z80 uh, uh, it, you know I, I started that company because I didn't see Intel going fast enough <laughs> you know losing Losing time against the competition that was coming, that understood more than Intel uh, the power of microprocessors, and so so I started started Zilog, uh, and so it was my foray into entrepreneurship, and and, and by the way, that was what allowed me to develop uh, Aspero myself, that uh, that could not be developed uh, being a scientist and a technologist and a, an engineer, uh, even with the creativity of an inventor. And so, so that experience uh, really added a new dimension, uh, that's the belly dimension that I was mentioning before. Uh, and then after, after 10 years of microprocessor, I decided that the, you know, the future was in the integration of, of uh, inform, you know, communication uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and therefore voice and data communication to the computing that was uh, beginning to emerge with the personal computer. So in, in 82, you, you had to think that the, uh, you know, the first computer was Apple, but then uh, IBM introduced in 1981, the, uh, their PC, and that really um, made the PC a, a tool to have for business where in the beginning it was a tool for uh, uh, really hobby, you know, but people that were they were interested, you know, in in playing with a with a new toy, let's say, though it was a very powerful toy that could do things that uh, no toy could do before. But but that you know that convinced me that uh, communication and computing had to come together, and so I developed an intelligent telephone with a second company, an intelligent telephone that would. Uh, voice and data to the PC, to the personal computer. And, and frankly, that that is the, the precursor of the iPhone that we now have in our hands. I mean, basically adding uh, productivity tools and, you know, voice and data communication to a computer. And that's, <laughs> that was done in, 80, in 84. That's when I introduced that product. 
and uh, uh, and, and then after that, I decided that uh, uh, neural networks, uh, uh, you know, inter- artificial intelligence was the new frontier using neural networks. Um, and uh, at that time, uh, the the people that thought that, that you know the, the the top people in 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 uh, artificial intelligence did not think the neural networks were worth anything. And so they, you know, many of them were kind of, kind of laughing at me that, you know, wasting my time on something so silly like neural networks. But frankly, that's what changed artificial intelligence in the last 10 years. Uh, that's exactly neural networks where we're able to solve the problems that no other way could be solved in artificial intelligence and robotics. So, so anyway, so that's, uh, that's my, my, my third, third major, uh, uh, major, how to say, direction and then and then uh, and then uh, but that was too early so so i decided that that, that you know it, there was no way that, I, that 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 could be finished that that job and so in uh, with synaptics are my third company we decided to develop the touch the touchpad and the touch screens that have changed the way we interface with our devices so that that's another major contribution because i believe in you know in that way and promoted uh, the, the use of the touch screen for for cellular phones but nobody no, nobody cared to, to to use them or to take them they, they, they were actually laughing at me because uh, it asked really uh, our company uh, for for you know, thinking that you could replace a keyboard with such a silly idea and uh, uh, until we showed the device to Apple that, that was before Apple of course uh, developed the iPhone Apple wanted it but they also wanted the exclusivity and we said, no, we cannot give you the exclusivity. So Apple designed their own and frankly, they created the market that we ourselves could not create because you know there were no takers. <laughs> but when people saw what you could do with the touch screen, well, then everybody wanted it. And so, you know, in some, in some funny way, Apple helped us. Uh, you know, with uh, with our, uh, growth, grow the company, uh, which is now around two billion dollars kind of company. Yeah, but but so so anyway, but it was during that time that when I studied neural networks myself, but these books of neuroscience, they never talk about consciousness. They all talk about electrical signals, you know, biochemical signals, you know, uh, you know, basically things that happen in the brain as if those were equal to our consciousness. The fact, you know, our capacity to feel you know, but my my feelings, they are related to the signals in the brain, but they are not the same. So I was asking, I was asking to the neuroscientists, what's going on here? You know, you you are you are pretending to solving my problem, but I want to understand how can I feel? Oh well, you know, it's, it's, of course it happens in the brain, but we don't, you know, we, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, you, you know, you tap on that when you were sitting in that car next to the woman in the other car, and you really, and through consciousness, you you made that connection of what what she might have been experiencing or seeing inside that car, and that was a wake up call for you. Yeah, but but before that, it was even the 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 the. the, uh, the what I call the awakening experience when I, you know, when I experience myself as the world observing itself. So I was the world observing itself. 
but with a point of view, which was my point of view. So, you know, it's a sort of a mind twister, really. You, you had to experience it to understand it because intellectually it goes against the way we understand reality. You know, we, we always see ourselves separate from the world. We, you know, we, the world is there and we are here and we, are, we feel ourselves contained into our body. So how is it possible that I can be also the world? You know, that, that, you know, so that, that experience tell, tells you, if you have it, that it cannot be produced just by the brain. It is impossible. We, we must be a field that includes also what's outside of us. It's only that we have, you know, we are thinking that we are ourselves because we can only affect the world with our body. So, you know, so it is natural to think imagine that we are only the body because we can affect the world only with the body but that's a that's a belief would you compare that to something along the lines of you're on the outside looking in instead of being a part of it on the inside and understanding what was happening where it's kind of like when you're on the outside looking in you can have all of these views and opinions whereas when you're actually in it and you're experiencing in it and you look at it from that view that's more of like the holistic view that you're looking at it from yeah it's more like you are both the outside and the inside you see, it's, 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 it's beyond even, uh, you know, this idea that there is an outside, that there is an inside. You are both the inside and the outside. But you are an inside and an outside with one point of view, which is, the, your, which is your consciousness. And you, you have the same inside, a similar, not the same, but a similar inside and a different point of view than mine, but you are also the outside that is co- joint a joint outside between you and, and I. Okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, but, but you see, those are things that actually quantum physics is saying in a completely different context, however, and that's why only quantum physics can explain the nature of consciousness. You cannot explain the nature of consciousness as a classical phenomenon like a computer or like the matter at the microscopic scale. So through consciousness, you've got to be looking at what we've been doing for the past 52 weeks with with COVID and see such a wide array of growth that we have to to get into. Because even though we had these powerful tools, your your imagination and your, your consciousness has to be saying, no, we've only had the first, maybe the second step. It's time to take it to a newer level of life. Well, you know, once you, you know, once you understand, you begin to understand our nature where we are really... We actually, you know, you come to the conclusion that we do not really exist in this physical world. This physical world is not what we thought it is, because physics essentially believes that physicists believe that this physical world is all there is, and and, and this physical world, yes, has a quantum nature, but there is, the, you know, the, there cannot be anything. Anything that exists has to be physical, and it has to be it has to have the form that we understand. And I arrive at a conclusion which is actually goes beyond that. Yes, the physical world is all that is measurable with tools made of the stuff of which the physical world is made. But we exist in a different reality, which is the reality of consciousness, which is quantum reality, pure quantum reality.
And so, and that's why when the body dies, you know, uh, we then re we wake up essentially from believing that we are the body, because you know when we were when we are the body, we only pay attention to the signals that the body makes by looking outside to the world and so on. So, so we, we basically believe we are the body, as I said earlier, because we affect the body, the, the world with our body and, and, the, and, the, and the world affects us, you know? And so, so there, there is this distinction that creates a separation in our mind between self and world. But once you, you know, and so we don't pay attention to the other signals that we also feel and we assume that those signals like emotions and thoughts come from the body. No, emotions and thoughts come from that quantum reality. And we don't lose that. You know, you keep those. You probably have read a lot about it, presumably on near-death experience, right? So the phenomenon of near-death experience is a phenomenon where somebody is clinically dead. The heart stopped working. The brain has no signal and they have an experience in another reality where they meet people, you know, they, they were dead, they have, they have tremendous, uh, tremendous, a, a feeling of peace, a feeling of love, a feeling of, of uh, a clarity and so on. Okay. And then eventually they are, you know, they, they are told that they had to go back. And so when they find themselves in, in their body, you know, they remember what happened. And many of them also see themselves in the, uh, you know, in, in the hospital being operated upon. They can even feel the thought that passes through the mind of a doctor, you know, and which the doctor never, never mentioned. And then find out that indeed that doctor confirms that he had that thought and things of that sort. So, you know, how can a brain that is dead and a body that is dead, clinically dead, have an experience which then changes the life of a person after that experience. Because many of the people that have NDE find a, you know, basically it's like uh, they understand life in a completely different way that they understood it before. And let me ask you this question then. So then, I mean, do you, do you think that uh, uh, um, perseverance up on Mars is the wrong tool to have up there and we should be looking for other other things by other means in other words it's like it's like we we've put a physical object up there to look for life when really maybe what we should be doing is using our conscious to find that life that's up there because i've seen pictures of the planet i i'm feeling there's life up there yeah the the uh, you know the there is no question that uh well, we need both, right? I mean, we need to understand the, the nature of physical reality in planets and, and you know, and, and it's fine to, you know, to have tools that, that look at that. But, but frankly, you know, in the future, when we really understand what consciousness can and cannot do, uh, when we develop our consciousness to the point that we can leave our body, uh, um, you know, and travel in other in other reality and you i'm sure that you're familiar by what you're saying with obe right out-of-body experiences which in many ways are similar to can be similar to uh you know to nde your know, death experience though they are not you know they can also be voyeuristic in other words you don't have necessarily you know you don't go see your you know see your dead parents or or dead friends 
or what have you that would have that might happen in a near-death experience but you but you are actually can cross walls with your with your you know with your being that you think it is you you experience as you and so you you can actually be in different realities that are not you know they seem like our physical reality but they are not so out of body is another tool to develop and understand a reality which goes way beyond physical reality and so yes it, you know maybe in 100 200 years from now man will learn to explore the, a, a much broader world a world which is not limited by physical matter to to open that door for your transformation into a more you know awareness type of lifestyle are, were, were you were you studying transcendental meditation i do i i do nidra nidra is my meditation and oh my god where you go in that is just mind blowing for me it was sort of backward in the sense that i was trying to understand what consciousness is and at the t- at that time i was you know i i did not believe I was a physicist, so how can I believe that uh, you know there is a, there is a spirit? And you know, I mean, I, I, I was a materialistic as anybody else. Uh, although I was, I grew up as Catholic, but but I, you know, little by little, I left uh, any kind of religious dogma and belief. So I thought, like most people, that when you die, it's game over, and there is nothing else, right? So, but. I, I, I understood that consciousness was not explained by physics, you know, despite, you know, saying, okay, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, if, like if it was something obvious or, or trivial, you know, not, not, not so important. Instead is what is the fundamental difference between us and machines because computer in my model, my understanding uh, cannot be conscious because consciousness is a quantum phenomenon. And it cannot be duplicated by a classical phenomenon like a computer. No matter how complex, there is no way for computers to be conscious. And that is not what science science is telling us. In fact, they're telling us the opposite, that maybe 30 years from now, the computers will be much better than us and conscious. In fact, in some cases, they tell you that you will be able to download your consciousness in the computer and live forever, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you find yourself in any way, um, you know, with, with your wealth of knowledge and 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 you're 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 not you don't fear anything it's 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 flight it's not fear and and do you find yourself working with those computers to communicate to a future self that won't be here physically well i i I don't think you can communicate uh uh, the future self with a computer uh you know the computers can only live they they can only exist in space-time okay Uh, we do not exist in space-time uh, we exist in, in, in a quantum reality, which is not space-time. I mean, space-time is, a, you know, is a emanation of this reality. It's sort of, you know, it, it is a reduction of this. It's almost like a projection, like a screen of a computer, right? A computer is two-dimensional screen, and we create a reality there, which is a virtual reality, obviously, because, you know, if we see a person there, it's not a person, right? It's just a... The image of a person that we you know we can see and experience a person there uh so so imagine the, the our you know our space time which is a four-dimensional uh, manifold uh to be just the display of a much much more you know of, of a computer but of like a quantum computer of a nature which is so much more co- complex than what we have ever imagined and then then you have a better understanding 
what you know physical reality might be so so uh, you know conscious conscious beings exist in a reality it doesn't have to come down to that display <laughs> to that four dimensional display you see they can you know they can they can exist in realities that are outside and of course you know what is the reality of dreams I mean, think about it. You know, you, when you have a when you have those one of those uh, you know, powerful dreams in which you you know where the colors were vivid and the emotions were vivid, and, and and to the point that you believe that you were there. It was so real and so captivating that you you know you thought you were that that reality was was real. Uh, it, only waking up, you decide you you realize that no, oh my God, yeah, that was a dream. You know. So, so that that's the same thing here. You know, we are. You know, we when we when we die, we essentially begin to pay attention to what now we're not paying attention and recognize what is of the body and what was not of the body. Okay, you know, and, and the fact that you already can go out of body and cross walls without you know the walls don't don't stop you, right? <laughs> what does it mean that that the the physical reality is only an imagination in some ways. It, it is something real, but it's not what we think it is. It is something very different than what we think it is. Well, with the future home and with AIs coming at us pretty fast right now, do you see that the future home with will, will free us from things that we are clogged up by now? And in a way, we will have more time to study the conscious, to be able to be aware of it so that we can find the strength in it. Yeah, well, if, you know... I think that uh, the correct use of artificial intelligence and and and, uh, and computers is to help us uh, uh, develop faster and better our that our spiritual dimension. But but if you know if I look at what's going on right now and the way people understand uh, reality and the and the way people behave. Uh, the, the humanity is moving in a direction that is not fostering this view. Uh, basically, it's moving in a direction where, where you know, machines in the hands of power will, you know, try to dominate us. And and the people with power are telling us that we are machines that, that are even worse than the machines that they are building. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I mean, that, that's it. That's it. That's a that's a mind. What do you call it? A, a mind, a, a, no, I, didn't, you know, I cannot say it. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mind twist, right? Yeah, mind twist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How much does modern day technology play in your personal life? It, yeah, basically, I, I I don't think that I use any any. For example, I, we don't have, I don't have Alexa. I don't want Alexa. <laughs> I don't I don't need Alexa. Sorry about it. It's okay. So, <laughs> You know, I I, uh, um, I I don't need any of you know. To me, the the thing that really is vital is the internet in the way that it gives me information about anything that I want. But I also have to have the judgment to distinguish, to discriminate between fake and real, mm-hmm. good quality and not. And, and, you know, because otherwise it becomes destructive. You know, you, you, you know, so, so, so for me, for example, now I, I used to have, I used to buy books, right? 30 years ago uh, to understand things that I never studied before. And, and, 
But now with internet and with just Wikipedia, I, I can find anything that I want to know, you know, within within minutes and 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 uh, and quickly get a sense of it. And so spend I spend two hours where before I would have to spend two days. And to me, that is that is vital. So, uh, so the, the, the you know technology has uh, is allowing us to do things so much better, and, and so um, uh, also also uh, you know uh, writing with a computer allows you to spend much less time in the mechanical part of writing and and develop your creativity and you know and be able to to you know to move the text when you need it you know how you how you want to you know to 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 reshape it is you know so text to become a form which is much much more easily maneuverable um but again you know that is that should be in order to promote your creativity to promote your ability to express yourself more clearly and so on so uh, to me technology should help us develop ourselves as real human beings and and unfortunately it becomes an end to itself uh, you know too much and and, and so I, i'm i'm a little leery about 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 that direction uh, and, and there is nothing wrong if people love alexa but don't misunderstand me but but let's see how how we can find time instead to meditate to find within ourselves a real reality or to 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 explore our dream reality to you know to explore our consciousness the you know the dimensions of our consciousness uh, and that takes uh, you know takes a different kind of mindset a mindset where you 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 don't want to be distracted by the outside the outer world but you want to go into the intimacy of your inner world and find and ask questions and, and, and connect yourself to your higher self, which is the one that gives you the answer because we don't have the answers here. We, they are not in space time. They are in a different dimension. That that really puts a lot of meaning in, in the introduction of the book Silicon, where you talk about the born uh, to, to be freed. It's a new life. You're opening yourself up to the great mystery. I mean, that just that just now I want to go back and read it again and again. Now that I've heard how, how much you've traveled so much within. I mean, that, that's, you know, when I write, I when I write, which is what I do most of the, most of the day, you know, I'm writing my second book, which is all about the nature of consciousness. It basically it expands on the last chapter of the of the first book, which which uh, is the chapter in which I describe the, the you know the nature of reality. If you assume the consciousness is fundamental, uh, you know, I, basically I am in a state of you know of, of expansion uh, for eight hours a day or ten hours a day. You know, as I try to understand and put together this giant puzzle of you know of how how does it work how, how you know it's, it's it's like if the computer you know the computer is a, is a is a kid's game compared to how, how you know how the reality of consciousness uh, works because there is also a working aspect of that i mean it's not it's not just a you know fuzz i mean it's <laughs> there is a complexity which goes beyond algorithms you see it, it is not, it, it's not, it's yeah. not algorithmic. It's not deterministic. No. It's, because yeah. I feel like, you know, every individual is going to be individual and have its own level of complexities and inner workings. 
and it's not, it's just not a line of code that just makes sense. Right. I mean, yeah. there's every single human being is going to be different. Yeah. And then the interaction among each other, you know, creates opportunities for personal, you know, for, for group, grow, the growth of the group, you know, the, the, the group growing through this interaction, which, which is impossible in, uh, you know, in any kind of algorithmic structure. Um, so, so, you know, the algorithms are deterministic. So, so it's just like a, a little machine. It's another little machine inside a machine, which is called computer. Uh, but we are not machines. And that, that and see, uh, unless people change their mind about what they are, and science is telling us that we are machines, complicated machines, and not so good. <laughs> okay. well, the, the, yeah, because the computer does billions of operations per second. Come on, you know, and you can only make one every three minutes, you know. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> the, the name of the book is Silicon. Is there a website that you want people to go to to find, a, you know, to more more about about you know the the reasons why this book came together, the the, the journey, the chapters, and things like that? Is there a website? Well, there is the FajinFoundation.org, uh, which is uh, uh, which uh, needs to be re <laughs> uh, needs to be a little bit spiced up now. But but uh, but yes, but you can go there and you find some white papers and some more information. But but frankly, uh, also there is Silicon the book, which is uh, but but the Silicon the book is a, is a small, you know, just a, just a sort of a window, you know, just a little window. Uh, but but you know I plan to do more as the you know as people buy buy silicon and they get interested and you know so that uh, there will be more and more material. But right now I'm so uh, so taken uh, with uh, writing the second book because that that is fundamental. But after that I I will feel like I I accomplished the first real step. And uh, the other thing is that I I just recently wrote a paper which will appear as a chapter of a book. Uh, on consciousness that uh, is, the book is not out yet, but with a with an Italian physicist, which is um, uh, is really one of the top physicists in the world, is the one that did, you know really was able to understand called Dariano, uh, Giacomo Mauro Dariano, and uh, uh, he and I wrote this article that explained uh, the nature of consciousness within the framework of quantum of quantum physics. And, and you know it is not quant- it goes beyond quantum physics, but the the material or the informational aspects of quantum physics is what quantum physics is about. But you have to add the fact that certain systems within quantum physics has the potential, the capacity to be conscious, and and so so we can begin to define consciousness as a quantum property of certain systems that exist only within the quantum reality. And that is the first step, which is really science to the, you know, to the top level science, as opposed to talk. Because it's easy to talk, but, but you know, in order to make progress, you have to, you have to create scientific, <laughs> scientific statements that, that are then, that, that can, they can be put into mathematics and understand that, of course, the experience itself cannot be mathematics, but the you know the the nature of the information connected with that experience is mathematics, 
because because the information is really is really symbolic, right? The symbols, the, but the information stands for what? For meaning, which is experience. So, so there is a there is a correlation between the symbolic aspect of reality and the semantic aspect of reality. And so the systems that have those characteristics, that they are what are, are called pure quantum systems. Systems that have, that have a special, special states called pure quantum states. It is a technical term, but, but you already get by pure <laughs> that there is something more. There, there is, they are much more coherent. Let me put it, you know, a, a word that you could use that is, that is people understand more clearly. It's coherent. They are, they are self-coherent. And, but also these systems have the ability to know themselves, to experience themselves. You've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. You are a wealth of knowledge and you, you are teaching listeners about themselves and about the things that are around them. Just, just by sharing the conversation and by releasing a book called Silicon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.